0: listening
1: to the CIPD podcast series. My name's Danielle. I've never thought of writing a CV because I thought I didn't have anything to put on it. I didn't do any work or anything except for my work experience. I never thought to put any of my hobbies or my achievements. So then... The lady Sandra over there was just helping me figure out what to write and then she helped me construct, like, what I've done. So it's good to know that I can put it on there.
0: I'm not really sure what I want to be in the future and I came here today to find out the different choices and everything. I've signed in for the apprenticeships. I've learned a lot here, you know. i basically tasted um, the world now a little bit, yeah.
2: Plan is to like look at an apprenticeship or just get into any full time course basically. Yeah. Okay. Have you any idea what sort of apprenticeship you might fancy? Um, anything to basically with science or sports or just yeah or psychology. I'll look at psychology as well. So hopefully, I'll definitely find a full course that is for me. I went for an interview and it was a bit dodgy
3: because I'm just not doing
2: well talking in front of people. So.
3: So, would it be handy for you then to be kind of have a bit of coaching about how to handle interviews, that sort of yeah, thing? Yeah,
2: that I'm going to definitely, yeah. Anything to do with where I'm not presented right there, but anything behind the scenes, like writing a letter, I can definitely do
3: that. Okay, so for you, it's the face to face bit that's yeah, the problem. It's bit,
2: yeah. I'm going to need loads of help from
3: someone.
4: I believe if I was <laughs> to look at your CV at a glance, i
3: These school pupils have some big decisions to make about their futures. That's why they're attending a careers event in North London. It's part of a new scheme called Inspiring the Future, designed to match up volunteers from all sectors and professions with secondary school and college pupils to shed light on careers, sectors, and how to go about getting a job. In the past, this podcast series has investigated the issue of youth unemployment. But now the economy is beginning to recover, albeit very slowly. Where does this leave those who've been some of the worst hit by the financial collapse, the 16 to 24-year-olds? Katarina Rudiger is the CIPD's Head of Skills and Policy Campaigns.
1: So overall, it's still really difficult for young people to find that all-important first job and and, and to make the transition from education to work. There is some good news on the horizon, though. So three things that are happening. Firstly, apprenticeships are on the rise. More young people know about apprenticeships, which used to be an issue previously, but also more employers are offering apprenticeships and going actively out promoting those opportunities to young people. Then secondly, more employers are sponsoring young people through university, their sponsored degree routes, which is obviously good news, especially in light of the rise in tuition fees. And then thirdly, internships. We've seen improvements there. Internships are still offered, but most of them are paid and, and employers are putting more effort into making them a good opportunity for young people. But overall, there's still a lot of issues and we do see some young people trapped into the cycle where they do one internship after another and where they can't get any experience and then employers asking for experience. So yeah, it's a sort of catch-22 really.
3: Inspiring the Future works by recruiting volunteers and sending them into schools and careers fairs like this, where they spend an hour of their time talking to a group of young people about careers or provide advice on CV writing and interview techniques. Nick Chambers is director of the Education and Employers Task Force, the charity coordinating Inspiring the Future.
5: We did a big survey which looked at those young people who had no links. Uh, with business at all, you know, who are now sort of between 1924. Survey of those 1924-year-olds said that if they had no sort of experience of the world of work before that age, 26% were now unemployed. By contrast, those who'd met a number of employers and had a number of sort of engagements, uh, that dropped 4%, so from 26% to 4%, just because they sort of had a better understanding of the sort of different roles and the the things they need to do to uh, get a decent job and to keep a decent job.
3: Compelling evidence then that matching up young people with those in employment makes a big difference to their employment prospects. And it was out of this that Inspiring the Future was born. Kelly Duncan is the CIPD's Volunteers Manager for the project.
0: Inspiring the Future is a project that allows volunteers from all industries, sectors, job roles, to give the students a real-life well, real experience as to what their career journey was, why they made decisions. It just helps them realise... From an outsider's point of view, rather than having a teacher tell them about careers, um, and it really helps them kind of make decisions for their future.
3: So, this is real working people talking to real kids at school about what working life is like.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and it allows the students to kind of broaden their minds. We found that most of the students we've spoken to recently, you ask them, Would you like to work in the NHS? and they think, Yeah. I might want to be a doctor or a nurse. They don't think about the wider possibilities within the NHS and All the marketing, other roles. everything, and they don't think about that. So having an employer come in will allow them to broaden their minds and actually think in different ways about their careers and what's actually available for them.
3: The careers fairs go hand-in-hand in hand with in-school talks and blend exhibitions of internships and apprenticeships providers with CV workshops and insight talks. 20 events have just been run across the country over the summer. When volunteers sign up, they can choose whether they want to deliver a Careers Insight talk or CV or interview workshop, or both. Inspiring the Future is backed by the government and leading organisations in employment and education. And the need for careers guidance for young people is widely recognised because the careers advice most of them get at school just isn't doing the job. Nick Chambers.
5: I think we need to significantly improve careers provision in the UK. I think that's a fairly well widely held uh, belief, particularly uh, you know when you've got in the introduction of tuition fees over the last few years. You know, the kids are making a decision which has financial cost, and what we want to do is make sure they have enough information so they're making informed decisions. There's more choice now for young people than ever, but with that uh, choice comes complexity. And actually it's quite hard to understand. There are so many choices. It's a bit like going to a restaurant which has a very, very long menu and you spend a very long time and very undecided what to do. Whereas if you've got a shorter menu it's easier to decide. I think for a lot of young people they find this sort of complexity really difficult. And then they end up putting things off because they don't know quite what they want to do. They don't know the route for them. So often they sort of don't do anything and then they sort of, if you're not very careful, you get, you know, you get into um, a period of not working and then it gets really hard to get into the workplace.
3: The CIPD is working with Nick's charity to get HR professionals into schools to talk to young people about their CVs and interview technique. Now they're looking for 5,000 volunteers willing to spend just a couple of hours once a year in a local state school or college. As well as running the volunteer program, Kelly also leads CV workshops at Inspiring the Future events.
0: So, can I ask how you put your CV together? Did you have any advice at school from careers advisors or teachers? Really I'm were
5: too busy drinking coffee or something.
0: I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Really so, this is something that you've done all together on your own, yeah. and have you we're had a bit of
5: help with my mum as well? So, oh, brilliant. Right. my name is Rocky Lloyd. Um, I'm 16 years old. I currently, um looking for a part-time work on the weekend, but I'll soon be joining Herringay Sixth Form College to study law.
0: So I'm just going to have a look through it and perhaps identify some areas that we can change things around. Fantastic that you've highlighted that you can speak fluent Russian. Really, really good. Most of the young people that we've met are looking on the internet for a job, and that's it. Now, as you and I both know, to look on a site like monster.com, there's hundreds of applicants for one particular job. You narrow it down and you say to a young person, where else can you look for work? And they, they look at you with a blank expression like, well, I don't know, where else can you look for work? They don't realise that local papers, word of mouth, neighbours, um, even going into the job centre, they think that that's just where you go and sign on. It's Actually, you can get careers in there, You can National Apprenticeship Service are in there. Half of them don't even know what an apprenticeship is or what you can get from it. So on this section here, you can highlight that you're about to start a college course in September. You can highlight the length of time that it is and what you expect to achieve once you finish okay, that. So it's the Quite boxing right, yeah. that's your passion. Yeah. So you're a, a member of a it. club? A yeah, boxing Edmonton club. Eagles. OK, right. fabulous. Highlighting that you are a member of a club and a team would really show the employers that you are a team worker and that you're committed. I, imagine I
5: thought, yeah, I could do with someone checking my CV because usually you do it online. So, yeah. It's good that it came down here. That was really helpful.
0: There's so much stuff missing that is available for them, but we just need to be the ones to, to show it to them. So there's a real hunger
3: for the advice?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Unfortunately, they're not receiving it at school or college where they should be. So obviously it's our responsibility to to provide it because we know we can. Our members have got the knowledge, they've got the experience, and they're the best placed people to
4: provide it.
3: Anna Patterson is one of the volunteers. She's registered manager at CareWatch, a home care provider, and she has a background in HR.
4: What I did, what I said to them was, you know, well, because you haven't got a job experience, that's sort of like the least of your, um, the things you need to be concerned about. What we want you to look at is what sort of skill set you feel you have already within you. What things have you achieved so far in your life? Oh, we don't know. Yes, you have. Come on, think about it, dig deep. And I so, said, well, tell me what you do at school. And, and, and some, one of them said, well, I'm the captain of the, the football team. I said, well, so the captain of the football team, what do you need to do? They said, well, I need to organise them to get them to training. I need to ensure that they turn up with all their kits and things like that. So I said, do you realise that's the sort of things that we, for leaders in, in the workplace?
3: It's a management job. It's
4: a management <laughs> role. You are actually doing things. You're organising people. You're helping to organise people. You're delegating. You are prioritising you are also being a real good team player as well. And I said, those are the things that you could put down in your CV to show that you you have got already within you the skills that we need in organisations.
3: This is a project with a social heart and it works to address the essential inequality of access that still dogs the job market. Here's Nick Chambers again.
5: It's unacceptable, uh, I think, to have kids' career choices entirely dependent on who their parents happen to be or which school they happen to go to. I mean, I think that's not a really fair way of, uh, for our society to operate. So I think there's a sort of social issue, but I think, you know, it's self-interest in a way of employers getting in there, talking about their sector, it's a sort of talent pipeline. So it's in the employer's self-interest, there's a social interest, and also schools, you know, it's in their interest because they want their best for the students. So you've got a number of drivers.
3: So you're finding that the employers who work with you see a real commercial imperative, this isn't philanthropy.
5: Yeah, a lot of it is down to the bottom line. You know, they need to recruit people. And a lot of businesses, you know, have got uh, are struggling in particular sectors to find the, the the right people, the right skills. Some sectors, as we know, have got some sort of ageing uh, workforce. You know, the, the nature of work and the nature of employment is changing rapidly, and the skill sets rapidly. You know, and if you're an employer, you know, you know, you need to be going in and talking to young people, uh, telling them the sort of opportunities, telling them the types of work, which is a way of you know, uh, talking about your company and explaining what your company has done.
3: And according to Kelly, the volunteers find it incredibly rewarding. You can feel
0: and you can see that they've been incredibly moved by the young people um, simply because you sit with a young person for ten minutes and you see how hard they've got it, but knowing full well that something that you might have said to them, even if it's just one thing, that it has changed their opinion and you know in a week's time that young person can go and find a job so the young uh, the volunteers always say how rewarding it is and can they do more can they help at other events and they'll spread the word to all of their colleagues and their friends because they know how worthwhile that it actually is.
3: Now you want more volunteers don't you?
0: We do indeed yes lots more Um, we are hopefully able to recruit a further 5,000 by August 2014. That's quite a target. It is quite a target, however, I'm confident we'll get it because I know that the, the passion and the ambition is there from
4: our members. Volunteer Anna Patterson. Some of the children that you look at, they lose their way. You see some of the things that go on with gangs and because they feel nobody wants to help them, or they feel, well, there's nothing. What's the point? And I think if, if, we can give, if we can get more people with a passion to give some meaningful stuff to children and give them some more guidance and share some of our own experience with them and say, look, you know, you can do it. You don't have to come from a privileged background. You can come from an ordinary background. I've come from an ordinary background. I now run my own business. I want to give something back. So, yeah, I think inspiring the future is the way to go to help develop our next generation. It's a great scheme and
3: HRs at all levels can help. If you're tempted to get involved, it couldn't be simpler. Just visit the website at cipd.co.uk slash inspiringfuture and sign yourself up. Next month, we'll be finding out how pensions auto-enrolment is panning out one year on. You've been listening to the CIPD podcast series.